Inside your program, you'll find an outline of our Bible study this morning. I'd encourage you to take that and follow along with us as we look into the Word of God this morning. You know, at the beginning of the year, a lot of times people make resolutions. And I want to talk to you today about some resolutions from the world's smartest man. And I guess then if we're going to be smart people, we will follow the advice and the direction that the world's smartest man gives us. A lot of times on the first of the year, people began to make New Year's resolutions. And would you like to know what the ten top resolutions that people make are? They are these. Number one, I'm going to spend more time with my family. Number two, I'm going to become physically fit. Number three, I'm going to tame the bulge. Sixty-six percent of the people in our country uh, need a little help in that way. Number four, I'm going to quit smoking. Uh, it's been found that usually a person has to quit four times before they finally are able to quit. But uh, good for those that are able. Number five, I'm going to enjoy my life more. Number six, I'm going to quit drinking. Number seven, I'm going to get out of debt. Number eight, I'm going to learn something new. Now, if that may be your uh, New Year's resolution, how about the Bible? Uh, you'll find in the uh, little uh, newsletter we send out during the middle of the week that there is a, a guide for Bible reading if you'd like to read your Bible every day. Number nine, I'm going to help others. I'm going to volunteer. And number ten, I'm going to get organized. I wonder, did you find your 2016 uh, New Year's resolution there? I think of the uh, young lady that uh, called her parents on the first day of the new year, and they always talked by uh, uh, phone where they could everybody could hear. And so she said, Dad, what is your New Year's resolution? And Dad said, well, my New Year's resolution is this. I'm going to do everything I can to make your mother as happy as she can be. And she said, well, that's great. And Mother, what is your New Year's resolution? She said, I'm going to see that your dad fulfills his New Year's resolution. And that's the way I guess all of us are. Well, who is the world's smartest man? Well, if you've got your Bible, and we'll look with him back in the book of 1 Kings chapter 3, we find that the world's smartest man is Solomon. And the reason that he was the world's smartest man was not necessarily because he had the greatest intellect, but because of the way God blessed him. God asked him this question, Solomon, I'm going to give you a wish. What would you like? And Solomon said, I'd like to have a wise and understanding heart to govern my people. So in 1 Kings chapter 3 and verse 12, God then said, I will give you what you ask for. I will give you a wise and understanding heart such as no one has ever had or ever will have. Solomon will give you something that nobody else has ever had. In fact, nobody will ever have this. What do you have? So beginning in 1 Kings chapter 4 at verse 29, the Bible says, God gave Solomon very great wisdom and understanding and knowledge as vast as the sands of the seashore. And then he begins to explain what he gave to him. Verse 12, he said he could speak 3,000 proverbs. Solomon was a philosopher. And he also wrote 1,005 songs. He was one who was a magician, a musician. He was one also, the Bible said, 
that could speak with great knowledge about plants. That is, he understood about botany. And he understood also about animals. That's zoology. And he understood about birds. That's ornithology. And he understood about small creatures or reptiles. That is, entomology. And about fish, ichthyology. I mean, he had all knowledge about everything. And then the verse continues there, and it says, And kings from every nation sent their ambassadors to listen to the wisdom of Solomon. I mean, people all over the world wanted to know, Solomon, can you tell us about life? And people from all over the world came to hear of the knowledge and the wisdom of Solomon. Now, if you got your Bible with me, I want to show you Proverbs chapter 3, four good resolutions that would be good for all of us to make. And they came to us from the great wisdom that Solomon has, and he shared with us in Proverbs chapter 3. So, chapter 3 begins with these words. He says, I want you to storm up my commandments in your heart, and if you do, you will live many years, and your life will be satisfying. That's something you're interested in? Living many years and having a satisfying life? Now, let me tell you what a proverb is. A proverb is a general rule of what's going to take place. Now, there can be exceptions that you will find, but generally speaking, if you will follow the proverbs, then you're going to be blessed the way God said you will be blessed. He said you will have many years and your life will be full. Well, what does Solomon have to offer us as way of guidance toward a New Year's resolution? Well, number one is found in verse 3. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. First of all, he said, let your life always be full of love. You know, uh, we had a wonderful speaker last week, and he said that uh, they had done something that kind of got people's attention, and that is they designed a shirt that said, do the two. And of course, people would see that and say, what in the world is that all about? And it was that we're going to follow the two main commandments that God gave. That is, you're going to love the Lord with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And the second was like to it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You know, that's a good advice for us to do the two, to love the Lord and to love people. Well, what is love really like? Over in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, Paul defines it and he says, Here is love. Love is patient. It is kind. It does not envy. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It has no record of wrongs. Now, I wonder, is that the way you want to live your life? If you want to live your life the way God's wisest man said to live it, you're going to live your life with love. You know, if you really love somebody, you're going to reach out to them and you want the very best for them. And if you're a Christian, the people you love... You want them to become children of God as well. I was not raised up in the church. My mother and dad didn't go to church. But I am so thankful that there were a couple of families that loved me, an ornery little boy, 
and helped me understand about the Lord Jesus Christ and led me to becoming a Christian. And if there are people you really love, the greatest way you can show that is by helping them know about our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. So Solomon said, I want you to let love and faithfulness never leave you. Now, what is faithfulness? Well, the dictionary said some synonyms for faithfulness are to be honest, to be consistent, to be loyal, to be reliable, and to be trustworthy so that people can depend upon you. And then Solomon gave us this promise. He said, Then you will find favor with both God and people and earn a good reputation. Now, isn't that what you want? Isn't it that you'd like to have people respect you and you have a good reputation? You know, that's the way our Lord was categorized in Luke 2.52. said, Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. Now, this then, I think, would be our resolution. I'm going to be a loving person to my family and to those I work and associate with. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. And let this be a year that you really show the kind of man or woman you are because you are loving and you are kind and you are faithful. So, if you want to be a person who follows the advice of the world's wisest man, let love and faithfulness never leave you. Well, number two, the second I want to show you is found down in Proverbs 3, verse 5. And here Solomon gave us this advice. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not depend upon your own understanding. Well, what does it mean to trust someone? If you trust someone, it means that you put your full confidence in them. And you believe that what they're going to do for you is your very best. They want for you the best that you have. And so his words were, trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't lean on your own understanding. Did you ever see people who uh, did the bungee jump? And that is, uh, they would tie a collapsible rope up on them and uh, tie their feet together and then jump off of a bridge or something. And before they would hit the bottom, the, uh, the uh, rope would stretch and, and they would come back up and they would have survived. I don't know about you, but I always thought that would be a fun thing to try. I never tried it, but I always thought that ought to be something interesting to do a bungee jump. But you know, if you did a bungee jump, one of the things you'd have to do is you'd have to really trust that person that tied you together. Because if they didn't, you jump off that bridge or whatever, I mean, you would hit and that'd be the end of you. But if you really trust them, then you would be willing to do it. And I always thought that would be a, a nice thing to be able to do. Do you remember the name of Colt McCoy? Uh, if you're a football fan, I'm sure you remember who Colt McCoy was and is. He, at one time, was the quarterback for the University of Texas. And he quarterbacked more victories than any other quarterback in the history of college football. He certainly was recognized as an outstanding player. Now, tomorrow we're going to have the uh, National 
championship game between Alabama and Clemson. And hopefully it's going to be a good game. Well, Colt McCoy took his team to the national championship game against the University of Alabama. But in the very first series of that game, a man tackled him and threw him to the ground, hit on his shoulder, sprained his shoulder, so he had to leave the game, and he was not able to play. Well, after the game was over, when Alabama had won and Texas had lost, somebody interviewed him and said, Well, Colt, how did you feel watching the game from the sidelines? Well, he said, You know, uh, I really wish I could have been out there with my teammates and been able to play. But then he added this. He said, I give God the glory, and I never question why things happen the way they do. I know God is in control of my life, and I also know, if nothing else, I am standing on the rock. Boy, I like that. No matter what happens to me, I am going to trust God. And would you be surprised to know that after he had made that, that he got a call from an NFL official that said, you know, because of what you have said and the way you've handled this, your draft status has gone up. And with his draft status going up also meant the money he was going to make was going to go up too. But here was the promise God said, if you will seek his will in all you do, then he will show you which path to take. Ah, what a good way. Solomon said, I want you to trust in the Lord. Don't rely upon your own ideas and your own wisdom, but you trust the wisdom of God, and He will show you which path to take. So, this would be the resolution I think you and I would make. Lord, I'm going to trust you, and no matter what happens, I will know I am in your hand. What a great resolution to make and a way to live. There was a lady that uh, went to the doctor for her yearly physical, and the uh, nurse who was interviewing said, uh, Well, how tall are you? Lady said, I'm five foot six. Lady said, Well, let's put you over here and measure you. She said, No, you are five foot three. She said, How much do you weigh? lady said, I weigh 135. Nurse said, well, let's put you on the scale and check that out. She said, no, you weigh 160. And then she said, and you know something? She said, your blood pressure is high too. The lady said, no wonder I came in here tall and slim, and now I'm going to leave short and fat. Well, well, however you are, whatever it is, your weight and whatever your height Trust the Lord and don't depend upon your own understanding, but depend upon the Lord. What a great way for you and I to begin our new year, trusting and depending upon the Lord above all else. Well, number three, the third one thing I want to show you is found in verse 9. And Solomon, when he spoke, said this, Honor the Lord with your wealth, and the best part of everything you produce. Uh, out of the translation called the message, it reads this way. Honor, the, honor God with everything you own. 
Now, I want to tell you, that's a challenge. With everything you own, you are going to honor God. You know, David was a man that uh, Acts 13.22 says that he was a man after God's own heart. And I think the reason that he was a man after God's own heart was because of the way that he handled his things. If you got a Bible over in 1 Chronicles chapter 29, we find that uh, David really wanted to build the temple. They'd had the uh, tabernacle, but he wanted a permanent place where the people of God could worship, and he wanted to build the temple. But God said to him, David, you're not going to be able to do it. But I'm going to let your son Solomon build the temple. So in 1 Chronicles 29, verse 1, David said, The temple he will build is not for mere mortals. It is for the Lord God himself. He said, that temple we're going to be building, it's going to be to honor our God. And David then said, I've gathered up all the supplies and all the things I could to help Solomon so he could be able to build the temple to honor God. And then in 1 Chronicles chapter 29, beginning in verse 10, we find that David speaks these words. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power, the glory, the victory, and the majesty. Everything in heaven and earth is yours, O Lord, and is in your kingdom. We adore you. You are the one who is over all things. Wealth and honor come from you alone, for you rule over everything. Power and might are in your hand, and at your discretion people are made great and given strength. O Lord, our God, we thank you and praise your glorious name. But who am I and who are our people that we could give anything to you? Everything has come from you, and we give you only what you first gave us. David said, Lord, everything we have has come from you. I recognize that you are the ruler and the owner of all things. And Lord, whatever we have, is because of your gracious gift. And so Solomon, as he writes, he said this, I want you to trust in the Lord with all your heart and give to Him the best part of everything you produce. Maybe one of the most famous events that's happened during our lifetime is the story about five young men who went to Ecuador to try to evangelize the Aqua Indians. And they did everything they could to try to let these people know that they are there to help them. And so they had an airplane and they would drive over and they would drop supplies to them, hopefully knowing that when you see the airplane, know that it's for people who love you. And so finally, after months of doing that, they landed on a uh, strip that was close to this village hoping that the people would come out and they could begin to share with them the gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, when they landed, they had guns with them. But the information that the leader, Jim Elliott, gave him was this. If they decide to attack us, whatever you do, do not get out your gun and shoot them and defend yourself. If they kill us, we'll go to heaven. But if we kill them... They will die without knowing the Lord Jesus Christ. 
And sure enough, the worst happened. And the Indians attacked the five missionaries, and they killed all five of them with guns at their hands, able to protect themselves, but they did not. And out of that group came a most famous statement from Jim Elliott, who was one of the five young men, and he said this, He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. You know, that's very much like what Solomon said. I want you to honor the Lord God with everything that you have. Solomon then gave this promise. Then he will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. He said, I want to tell you, when you honor the Lord with all you have and with the first fruits of what God's given you, then you're going to be blessed by God in ways that you cannot imagine. So, I think this ought to be our resolution. I'm going to be faithful and regular in my giving in 2016. A good place to start is to be one who is a tither and to give 10% of what God has blessed you with. And God's promise is that He will bless you if you will trust Him and you will be faithful in your giving. Well, number four, the fourth thing I want to show you is found down in verses 24 and 26. And here Solomon said this, When you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet, for the Lord will be at your side. Ah, what a good promise here from God. When you go down to sleep at night, the Lord's going to be there with you. And your sleep is going to be sweet. Do you know there are six major things that people worry about? Number one, they worry about poverty, they worry about death, they worry about sickness, they worry about old age, they worry about criticism, and they worry about loss of a loved one. wonder any of those you see. Uh, I was out visiting uh, yesterday at the hospital where one of our fine men, Robbie Martin, has undergone surgery. And the doctor has said, you're probably going to have to be in the hospital for 12 weeks. You know how long that is? Three months. And then after 12 weeks in the hospital, they're going to take you to Houston, and you're going to have to have a kneecap replaced there by a doctor who's developed a new way to do that. How'd you feel? You're going to be in the hospital for 12 weeks and then have to go to Houston for more surgery to undergo. Man, you might feel exactly the way he felt. Boy, discouraged because here is such a horrible thing to have to undergo over such a long period of time. The prophet Isaiah chapter 41 verse 10 though wrote these words, Do not be afraid... I am with you. Don't be discouraged. I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up and with my victorious right hand. Pilots have a slogan that says this, Trust your instruments, not how you feel. 
And I think the Word of God is, listen, you trust the Lord no matter how you may feel. So His promise is, He's going to be with you, He's going to strengthen you, and He's going to hold you up. And so your good year's, New Year's resolution should be this. When I lie down, I'm going to turn it all over to the Lord. Four great promises here, four great resolutions that I want to encourage you to make. Number one, I'm going to be a loving person to my family and my work and those I associate with. Number two, I'm going to trust the Lord no matter what happens. And I know that I'm in His hands. Number three, I'm going to be a faithful, regular giver of all my blessings that God has given me in the new year. And number four, when I lie down, I'm going to turn it all over to the Lord and trust Him. Let me encourage you to make some New Year's resolutions. And let me encourage you to make these four. Go home today and reread Proverbs chapter 3 and the great promises that God has given to us through the world's smartest man. Would you pray with me, please? Dear Lord, as we begin a new year, we do so with great hopes. We look forward, dear God, to letting this be the greatest year of our life. We look forward, dear God, to this being a great year for the Colonies Church. And I just pray, dear God, that we who are your members here, we will do all within our power to help this be a church that really glorifies and honors you. We love you, Lord, and ask your blessings as we begin this new year. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. We're going to sing a song of invitation today. Maybe there's a way we could really encourage you. Maybe you'd like to come and say, you know, I'd like to be a part of this church. And if that's your desire, we would welcome you with open arms. Maybe you'd like to come and confess your faith and be baptized into Christ. I'll be up here at the front and our elders will be at the back. And if there's any way we can serve you, let me encourage you to do it right now as we just stand and sing our song invitation together. I stand to praise you, but I fall on my knees. My spirit is willing, but my flesh is so weak. Light the fire in my soul, and the flame make me the fire in my soul, then the flame make me whole, Lord you know where I've been, so light the fire in my